Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Charles. Today we have part six of The Yellow Dwarf. And, well, we've seen some things, haven't we, so far this week? We've seen the wedding of Princess Bellissima and the King of the Gold Mines be crashed and interrupted by the Fairy of the Desert and the Yellow Dwarf. And they've stolen the lovers. The Yellow Dwarf has taken the Princess Bellissima to his castle, and the Fairy of the Desert has kidnapped the King of the Gold Mines. And now we're going to see the trial set before the King of the Gold Mines and meet the one good person in this tale. Well, maybe not a person. This is part six of The Yellow Dwarf. The fairy of the desert was delighted to hear them sing of her triumphs. She led the king into the most splendid room that can be imagined and left him alone for a little while, just that he might not feel like he was a prisoner. But he felt sure that she had not really gone quite away, but was watching him from some hiding place. So, walking up to a great mirror, he said to it, Trusty counselor, let me see what I can do to make myself agreeable to the charming fairy of the desert, for I can think of nothing but how to please her. And he at once set to work to curl his hair, and, seeing upon a table a grander coat than his own, he put it on carefully. The fairy came back so delighted that she could not conceal her joy. I am quite aware of the trouble you have taken to please me, said she, and I must tell you that you have succeeded perfectly already. You see, it is not difficult to do if you really care for me. The king, who had his own reasons for wishing to keep the old fairy in a good humor, did not spare pretty speeches, and after a time he was allowed to walk by himself upon the seashore. The fairy of the desert had by her enchantments raised such a terrible storm that the boldest pilot would not venture out in it, so she was not afraid of her prisoners being able to escape. And he found it some relief to think sadly over his terrible situation without being interrupted by his cruel captor. Presently, after walking wildly up and down, he wrote these verses upon the sand with his stick. At last may I upon the shore lighten my sorrows with soft tears. Alas, alas, I see no more my love who yet my sadness cheers. And thou, O raging stormy sea, stirred by wild winds from depth to height, thou holdest my loved one far from me, and I am captive to thy might. My heart is still more wild than thine, for fate is cruel unto me. Why must I thus in exile pine? Why is my princess snatched from me? O lovely nymphs from ocean caves, who know how sweet true love can be, come up and calm the furious waves and set a desperate lover free. While he was still writing, he heard a voice which attracted his attention in spite of himself. Seeing that the waves were rolling in higher than ever, he looked all around and presently saw a lovely lady floating gently toward him upon the crest of a huge billow, her long hair spread all about her, in one hand she held a mirror and in the other a comb, and instead of feet she had a beautiful tail like a fish with which she swam. The king was struck dumb with astonishment at this unexpected sight, but as soon as she came within speaking distance she said to him, 
I know how sad you are at losing your princess and being kept a prisoner by the fairy of the desert. If you like, I will help you to escape from this fatal place where you may otherwise have to drag on a weary existence for thirty years or more. The king of the gold mines hardly knew what answer to make to this proposal, not because he did not wish very much to escape, but he was afraid that this might be another device by which the fairy of the desert was trying to deceive him. As he hesitated, the mermaid, who guessed his thoughts, said to him, You may trust me, I am not trying to entrap you. I am so angry with the yellow dwarf and the fairy of the desert that I am not likely to wish to help them, especially since I constantly see your poor princess whose beauty and goodness make me pity her so much, and I tell you that if you have confidence in me I will help you to escape. I trust you absolutely, cried the king, and I will do whatever you tell me, but if you have seen my princess I beg of you to tell me how she is and what is happening to her. We must not waste time in talking, said she. Come with me, and I will carry you to the castle of steel, and we will leave upon this shore a figure so like you that even the fairy herself will be deceived by it. So saying, she quickly collected a bundle of seaweed, and blowing it three times, she said, My friendly seaweeds, I order you to stay here stretched upon the sand until the fairy of the desert comes to take you away. And at once the seaweeds became like the king, who stood looking at them in great astonishment, for they were even dressed in a coat like his but they lay there pale and still as the king himself might have lain if one of the great waves had overtaken him and thrown him senseless upon the shore. And then the mermaid caught up the king, and away they swam joyfully together. Now, said she, I have time to tell you about the princess. In spite of the blow which the fairy of the desert gave her, the yellow dwarf compelled her to mount behind him upon his terrible Spanish cat but she soon fainted away with pain and terror and did not recover till they were within the walls of his frightful castle. Here she was received by the prettiest girls it was possible to find, who had been carried there by the yellow dwarf, who hastened to wait upon her and showed her every possible attention. She was laid upon a couch covered with cloth of gold embroidered with pearls as big as nuts. Ah! interrupted the king of the gold mines. If Bellissima forgets me and consents to marry him, it shall break my heart. You need not be afraid of that, answered the mermaid. The princess thinks of no one but you, and that frightful dwarf cannot persuade her to look at him. Pray go on with your story, said the king. What more is there to tell you, replied the mermaid. Bellissima was sitting in the wood when you passed, and saw you at the fairy of the desert, who was so cleverly disguised that the princess took her to be prettier than herself. You may imagine her despair, for she thought that you had fallen in love with her. She believes that I love her, cried the king. What a fatal mistake! What is to be done to undeceive her? You know best, answered the mermaid, smiling kindly at him. When people are as much in love with one another as you two are, they don't need advice from anyone else. As she spoke, they reached the castle of steel, the side next the sea being the only one which the yellow dwarf had left unprotected by the dreadful burning walls. I know quite well, said the mermaid, that the princess is sitting by the brookside, just where you saw her as you passed. But as you will have many enemies to fight with before you can reach her, take this sword. Armed with it, you may dare any danger and overcome the greatest difficulties. Only be aware of one thing, that is, never to let it fall from your hand. Farewell. Now I will wait by that rock, and if you need my help in carrying off your beloved princess, I will not fail you, for the queen, her mother, is my best friend, 
and it was for her sake that I went to rescue you. So saying, she gave to the king a sword made from a single diamond, which was more brilliant than the sun. He could not find words to express his gratitude, but he begged her to believe that he fully appreciated the importance of her gift, and would never forget her help and kindness. And that is part six of the Yellow Dwarf. And we've met the mermaid, a kind and compassionate soul in this story of an overprivileged princess, a well, complex king, and of course the cruel fairy of the desert and yellow dwarf. And yet one gets the impression that the mermaid, all of her good is going to come to naught. This is Dan Schultz for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always... Thank you so much for listening.